Welcome to All In. I'm Rick Jordan. Today I'm the CEO of a large technology company, but in 2007, I lost it all. And now I'm here to share the lessons I've learned and the strategies my guests have used to build success from the bottom up. And in every episode, you'll get something to reach for and something to grab onto, whether it's personal development, business, technology, or giving back. You'll be able to ignite the spark in your life to make that change and transformation so 10 years down the road from now, You'll be able to look back and say, I don't even know that person that I was. I'm so glad I decided to rise. I'm so glad I decided to stand up and actually begin to start to ignite the spark, to go all in. Welcome to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan. Today I'm going to talk about your image, your personal image, your professional image, a lot of my life lessons that I've learned along the way regarding this and how to have people take you seriously is that I'm sure like me, you would go around and be like, Hey, you know what? The way that I dress is fine. The way that I present myself is okay. But then you're wondering and, and kicking yourself in the brain at the end of the day, thinking, why didn't I close that deal? Or why didn't I get that girl to go out on a date with me? Why didn't I enjoy some extreme family success this past week or month or year. Well, let's take a look at that. Let's analyze this. You know, I've been in the public eye for many, many years now. My story starts back with church. You know, I, I grew up in church and I was a musician, pretty good one. And I went to uh, several different places, helped launch a couple of new churches also. And I was always the dude that was up front, the the guy that everybody looked to before the, the pastor came up and, and gave the message to talk for that day. So I had almost more time. It was my job almost to, to warm up the crowd, so to speak. And music is a great way to do that. I mean, anybody who really enjoys music knows that it can really change an atmosphere. It can really warm somebody up and can really cool somebody down. It can really turn somebody off too, depending if it's not the right kind of music for that person. And I'm going to get into that a little bit here too. So one of the things when it came to music with me is I started this when I was, geez, young, 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 teenage years, right? I played drums. I started playing drums in the church when I was only 10 years old. And my dad was the music director of the church we were part of. He brought me in because uh, my dad taught me how to play drums when I was five. I'd always been playing drums for the past five years. So I was a darn good drummer by the time I was even just 10 years old. And I jumped in, everything worked great. Then I led the the youth band in that church too because I taught myself how to play guitar. Thank you, Metallica. It is because of you why I know how to play guitar. You know, I, I didn't take lessons. I just started listening to the riffs and and just figuring things out. And they are good musicians, by the way. They're amazing musicians. They know music theory. It's fantastic. So at 16 years old, I'm leading the the church band. It was just, it was a fun time. But then, you know, I get the knock on my door, say, hey, you know what? The music director for the church is no longer here anymore. Would you like to take over? I was only 18 years old. And they're telling me that I am one of the figureheads of this place now, you know, leading people in whatever it is that I'm leading them in. And of course, for me, being the cocky 18-year-old, it's like, well, why didn't you ask me sooner? You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I was a bit of a, of a jerk at some times, but I said, sure, let's do this. I started to see things, you know, and even throughout the course of the next 10 years, 15 years with, with music is that I would always get some of the same feedback regarding music. Now, I'll give you a little preface to this. Music is never just about hearing it. 
Think about your favorite song, where you're at, what you were doing the first time it heard you and grabbed onto you. Music is very much about the entire atmosphere that's surrounding you at that moment in time. It can really make or break whether you're going to like a song or not. So when you're on stage, there's bass, right? And bass can actually vibrate the cores of your being and can draw you in so that it almost feels like the music is surrounding you in that moment. And it's so powerful. But then I started to get a lot of feedback from, you know, individuals in their 60s, 70s, 80s saying that, oh, it's too loud. It's too loud. I'm just be like, oh, you're nuts. You know, it's got to be this because if you don't have, I mean, I even did the math, you know, I'm analytical this way. It's like, if it's not over 105 decibels in the place, you're not going to feel it. Literally, you cannot feel it if it's not, if it's not at that sound level. So that's why I'm thinking, well, you know what? It's just a small group of people. Doesn't matter to me. Who cares? You know, that, that wrong, wrong attitude, Rick. So I went many, many years thinking about this. And during this time period too, I was pretty fat. You know, I weighed 80 pounds more than what I do right now. It was close to 300 pounds. In a previous episode, you heard me talk about my weight loss story and how I went through that. You know, I, I dropped a lot of weight in a short period of time because it just kind of clicked. And I said, you know what, I'm never going to be this way anymore. I'm never going to look this way anymore. Now here it is six years later, and I never have been. I'm still a stupid healthy 6'1 at 190 pounds, insane muscle mass. You know, I work out four times a week. I'm very diligent and disciplined about this. But the whole point was about the image. So if I circle back to this time when I was in in church and doing all these musical things, you know, I was a, pretty much a semi-pro. The largest crowd I played to was about 5,000 people. So, I mean, that's a, that's a concert size. You know, it, it's pretty fantastic. You know, so I was no amateur at this and I did it for 20 years. I was pretty much a pro, really good guitarist, really good drummer. I would fill in for different different people that I knew, a lot of friends in this circle, in this community of churches too, that I would fill in for their bands, just have some good time. I even did like a super band one time with all of these music leaders from these different churches that came came together. You know, it was it was super fun. And I would always get the same feedback that, oh, it's too loud, it's too loud, it's too loud. So I decided to do something one day. I would just shut these things off and say, you know what, you're nuts. It's got to be at these levels. And I walked out. I was, you know, maybe 35 years old. So this was maybe five years ago. I walk out and the whole band's playing. I take my guitar because I'm wireless. I take my mic because I'm wireless. I take it out into the stands, into the seats, just to hear from the other side. And I start listening. I'm like, holy crap. I can totally hear what they're talking about and why this is like turning them off so much. So I made some quick adjustments and it was at that point to where they would come in and be like this. I remember this 90 year old sweet woman came in the very next week and said, I don't know what you did, but you know what? Everything is fantastic. And I really, really love the drums. I love how, how everything is banging, how I can feel. She would eat 90 years old. You know, I love how I can feel the thump when the drummer's playing, you know, so she could still feel it. But it was, I had to take myself out of my elements and spin it around and say, you know what, am I going to actually listen to the people, you know, because I, after I realized that I was alienating this group of people, and it was all me because I was ignoring what they were saying just because I thought I was right. And was I right? I was right. And, and every bit that I was talking about that music creates an atmosphere, it, music is way more than just hearing, it's feeling, it's visual, it's it's all of this. 
I was dead on with those things. But I didn't take into account that maybe it wasn't the right way or the right song or the right style for the majority of the people that were there. Now, you can go back to the days of, you know, Nirvana or whatever. The last great musical movement in the United States was in the 90s, the grunge movement, and how they broke out and made something totally new. And at that point, I still remember that my parents and almost every parent around at that time, because I was a teenager, perfect timing for this. I'm so grateful that I was a teenager during this amazing movement that there was this rising up of almost all of America because music had been, you know, there wasn't much good that came out of the 80s <laughs> as far as music goes. And a little bit before that with disco, you know, prior to that, we had we had Woodstock and, and you know, that was the, the previous great music movement of America. But, you know, there wasn't much good that came out of the 70s and the 80s as far as music goes. So we move into the 90s, and then here's these breakout grunge bands from Seattle, really, is where they came from. And they had the right message and the right, the right motivation to try to reach a certain segment of America. And they didn't care if they alienated the parents, the, the middle-agers and up. They, they didn't care. Was that right of them? You know what? I started walking through Home Depot the other day, and here I is a Nirvana song playing over the speakers in there. Nirvana, I don't eat at McDonald's, but when I used to, when I was almost 300 pounds, I remember Nirvana playing in McDonald's. And it's like, it literally changed the culture and moved things in a certain direction. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me and the message that we want to try to get across. We are not trying to be the rebels. We are not trying to break out. We are trying to reach as many people as we possibly can with the message that we have. And if we alienate people, that's something that can go viral too and work against you. So I'll give you another example here. The other day I was just talking to a, an individual about wearing low-cut dresses. You know, female entrepreneur, awesome, super successful, and... She has this party life, which is great, but that's your personal brand, and that's what gets broadcasted across social media, you know, and, and you can't compartmentalize that anymore. I've talked about spilling over and every part of your life integrating with everything else, and you will alienate people just because you have a low-cut dress, just because you have a neckline that goes down to your stomach. You will alienate people that way. Now, you've got it, flaunt it, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the distraction from your message. And if people are distracted from your message, there's no way you're going to close that deal. There's no way you're going to get that promotion. There's no way that you're going to move forward in life if you, what you are doing as far as your personal image goes is distracting people from getting across your message or what your goals and achievements are to that person. It's impossible to do that. So the comment came up in this conversation, well, that's just selling out then. Like, I think it's rather the opposite. If you switch this around, you're not selling out. You're buying in because these people want to give you money, but you're turning them off because of how you dress. Let's talk about dress again. I was almost 300 pounds. I dropped a lot of weight. I used to wear, you know, the khakis and the polos and all that, you know, hello, 1992. You know, that, that's about where they came from. Men, I'm sorry. I got to say, you'll see on my website, you know, on all my social channels that I'm a pretty stylish dude now. I was not that way all the time because I thought that that's what it was supposed to be like in business. Am I a rebel? No. You know what? When I was working at Radio Shack, I was forced to wear a tie every single day. After I was done with Radio Shack, I vowed to never wear a tie in my life again. 
unless it's a funeral or wedding. Those were my two, <laughs> two caveats. So I would just wear polos, and I th always thought I was looking great, you know, because that's just what everybody else would wear. It was really what all the other fat people were wearing, you know, because that's what they felt. And here's a tip, guys. If you're overweight right now, you know, it's okay. You can make a change. But your clothing right now, don't buy the size that feels comfortable. Buy the size that looks good. Because I would wear double X's, you know, and they would, they would look like they would fit. They'd be all comfy and everything. But, you know, if I downsized to an XL, I would not have looked as big as I look. Yeah, so buy the size that fits, not the size that's comfortable. You'll start to get used to it a little bit here and there. But, you know what, bottom line, drop weight. Start taking care of your body. Start doing what you need to do. You know, that's another part of your image because what's inside is going to be outside. What's outside is going to be inside. Everyone sees that when you walk into a room. So legitimate medical problems out there, I get that. I totally get that. Talk to your doctor about the first steps for something like this and taking care of yourself because I, I, I get it. I didn't make the choice for so long in my life, and I kept gaining weight to a point where I was almost 300 pounds until finally I watched this documentary called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, where this guy decided to juice for 30 days and just started taking off all these pounds and shedding all these toxins out of his body. And I saw that. I'm like, well, if, that, well, if it's that, then I can surely do that. I'm a disciplined guy. I just have to do it. There was no other reason for me not getting in shape than just the fact that I had decided not to do that yet. That's the only reason that held me back is because in my mind, I just did not make the conscious choice of doing that. And I hate the word diet. I'm going off on a, on a little bit of a tangent here. Squirrel! Squirrel! But I hate the word diet because diet is something that's temporary. Everyone talks about going on diets. Yeah, you know, I'm going to diet next month. I got to lose a few pounds. I'm going to diet for the next year. That's my resolution. Yeah. Why? Why does it have to be temporary? Nothing, nothing about your, your physical fitness or taking care of your body is temporary. It's something that has to become part of you. That's another thing you have to integrate into your life. And I'll give you some stories on how that has helped me close deals. It's crazy. You know what? I'll just tell you right now. I'm not even going to make you wait. I'm just going to go where the conversation is flowing in my brain today. So here's where we're going to go. I drop weight. I was wearing the khakis and the polos, right? And then it was almost like I found this amazing, I have a good friend of mine, Tom Lavin, who was wearing this Robert Graham shirt. And I said, dude, that's a really awesome shirt. So for my birthday that year, right after I dropped weight, he got me my first Robert Graham shirt. Now I am a collector because I own over 100 of their shirts. And I was just inducted into their connoisseur club this year. I got a personal email from their studios in New York. It was awesome. It's like, yes, I've made it. But, you know, to me... If you look them up online, they're very loud. They're very in your face. They're very colorful. They're very complex. You know, it's everything about these shirts is about my personality and my character. It's almost like now the outward reflection of who I am inside is shown through what I wear and shows through my fitness level. You know, before that, that wasn't the case. It's like I, I didn't even care. You know, and I, I look at it. From this point, in hindsight, knowing that I didn't care at that time. So if you're in that mode right now, I know that you just don't care. You may think that you care. It's like, oh, I do care. I want to lose weight someday. There is no someday, guys. The someday needs to be today. That's when you make the choice. It doesn't have to be a new year. It doesn't have to be a new month or this dramatic life-altering moment. You just make the choice and you go after it and there's no turning back. You burn your boats. There, there's no going back to it. You, you make it so it's impossible. And that's the mentality that you have. 
coming back to my image. I buy all these shirts, right? I, I walk in and law firm client that I've had as a client for a few years now, you know, pretty decent clients. And I'm walking with the founding partner and it's like, oh my God, Rick, you look sexy. I mean, coming out of a 60-year-old middle-aged man's <laughs> mouth to a, a dude, you know, that just walked in his door, th th that cracked me up, you know, and I use a lot of that terminology now too, you know, but he said, Rick, you're sexy now. What, what did you do? You know, everybody always wants to know what I did, you know, because how did you lose the weight? And everyone expects a program. Everyone expects, oh, this was the, the steps that I followed or Weight Watchers or whatever it is. No, I mean, guys, it's not rocket science. I just ate right and I exercised. <laughs> it's that simple, you know, but sometimes the simplest things can be the most difficult, right? Because you want to have it be that easy thing. And it's not something that happens overnight with this either. You'll start to notice some pretty good shifts right away. You know, you, you'll lose, geez, it was something I lost 50 pounds in the first six months. It dropped off that fast because I was working so hard at it. But then after that, it was like the next six months was the most difficult to lose because now you got to up your game. Now that's the point to where, you know, it was the first three days were the toughest for me, you know, because I was trying to figure things out, you know, and that's the point to where your body is freaking out on you. saying, what in the world are you doing, man? What are you trying to do to me? I want that shake. I want those fries. You know, it's like, well, that's not going to happen anymore. So once your body gets over itself, then things are pretty great from that point on until you get to that six month period to where you're like, oh crap, I'm not making any progress anymore. Now I've got to up my game because what was easy before is now going to become even more difficult to shave off these last few pounds. You know, and that's the same thing in business, guys. It's easy to get to certain milestones. You know, I once read that it was the, the it's like the rule of ones and threes, 100,000, 300,000, 1 million, 3 million, 10 million, so on are the plateaus. You know, once you get there, it's super easy to stay there. But once you, in order to get to that next plateau, it gets even that much more difficult. It's like to, chucking away at those last few pounds. You got to that point, you can accelerate to a certain extent, but then you get to a moment to where it's like, oh, okay, now I've really got to work. The first part's always easy. The hard part comes at the last half. The lawyer, as we're walking, he's like, you know, your clothes are great. Where do I find these shirts? I always get that. Where do I find these shirts? Well, don't worry. There's going to be a link in the comments <laughs> on the show notes here to where you can find these shirts too. I, I highly recommend them. They're awesome. They're made really well. Amazing designs. Maybe Robert Graham could be a sponsor on the show from now on. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll reach out to them, but we'll see how that goes. Be glad to wear a Robert Graham shirt like I am right now when I do every single episode. I have a hundred of them, but I could always use more. <laughs> so as I'm walking with the attorney, he just brings up out of nowhere, hey, you know that $300,000 project that we were talking about a couple months ago? Let's just do that. And I was banging my head against the wall, looking at myself in the mirror, telling myself that, dude, you suck. Why, why couldn't you close that deal? And it just turned out that my communication was not in sync with what this guy wanted. And it was all about my image. You know, I've even had somebody walk me out, a prospect, walk me out to the parking lot before just to see what kind of car that I'm driving. And he came out. I'm like, I'm like, is this your car? He's like, yeah, this is mine right here. He's like, which one's yours? I'm like, mine's over there. Mine's a Mercedes. It's like, oh, okay, cool. The re he told me the reason I came out here is because you're a technology guy and all these IT guys like to drive these hoopties or these duct tape together pieces of junk and it doesn't scream success. It doesn't tell me that they actually know what they're doing. 
Because if they don't take care of the rest of their life, how are they going to take care of my business? Let's talk again. It's real. Get over yourself. It's real. How you present yourself will either help you or hurt you. Do you want to help yourself or do you want to hold on to the stuff that's going to hurt you? You've got to change your image. The straight truth today is it's real. What you do, your image, how you present yourself is either going to benefit you or it's going to hurt you. Which one do you want to do? You can make the choice and say, oh, but it might not be anything that is necessarily wrong that you're at. You know, the, the clothes that you wear, they might be great. You know, the way that you talk might be wonderful. But if the majority of the people that you're trying to connect to do not vibe with that, you've got to change how you're doing things. Because right now, if you want to hang on to the stuff that's hurting you, that might think you're going to sell out if you stop doing that, or would you rather just do something that benefits you? You know, to me, it's a no-brainer. I, I get it. You know, you, you want to, there's certain things that are fun, but if it's going to hurt you and the easy choice is to just say, I'm only going to do things that benefit me, then cool. Everything is permissible, guys. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. That's how you got to roll. Moving on. Talking about my clothes, talking about dropping weight, talking about image in general. Where do you start with all this? You know, that, that's a great question. Start looking around, you know what? And I, it's a funny thing to say if you're talking about clothing. Uh, there's some show notes here. You know, I talked about when I uh, was in Radio Shack and I had to wear ties every single day. You know, and I told myself I'm never going to do that again. You know, when I started doing a bunch of TV appearances this year, here's another great example. They expect you as a man, unless you're a doctor, you know, and going to show up in scrubs because that's kind of your costume, right? I'm going to put it that way. It's your costume. You show up on set in your scrubs, everybody knows you're a doctor. Or your white lab coats, everybody knows that you're a doctor. Well, what am I? I'm a technology guy. What do you think of when you think of an IT guy? Right? I am not, yeah, you think of you think of glasses, you think of khakis, you think of a polo. Hey, that was me. <laughs> now it's designer clothes. I had LASIK, I dropped weights, you know, completely changed my image. And the very first client that I see when I come back signs a three hundred thousand dollar deal. I have prospects that follow me out to the parking lot just to see what kind of car that I drive. Now I have a large company, okay, but ever since I started. I had a brand new car. Hello, it's a tax write-off too, if you don't know that. But I was not going to drive around something, you know, that beat-up Honda or beat-up Nissan, whatever it is, that most of these IT guys drive around, even when it was just me. Now I have a whole team. We, have, we manage 600 companies across the U.S. You know, it's awesome. It's wonderful. That's why I can do the things that I do right now to help everybody else to get to those points, which I'm hoping you're grabbing onto this stuff today because this is huge. This is something that literally transformed my life, was starting to take care of myself and starting to pay attention to my image and my forms of communication. So... Take a look at yourself in the mirror. Do you like what you see? Take a look at the successful people that you might want to be like. How do they dress? How do they look? Are they, are they thin or are they a little bit obese? Take a look at them. You know, you look at all the billionaires that are out there, the majority of them, except for Warren Buffett, okay, the majority of them, take a look at Richard Branson. That dude is fit, beyond fit. 
It's awesome. And that guy has so many companies in Virgin. You know, you take a look at John Laguerre, who I adore from T-Mobile. He's an awesome dude, amazing CEO, amazing personal brand he's got running. That guy is always posting social media pics of him on the treadmill or on the bike or, or lifting some dumbbells. You know, the guy takes care of his body. It's their routine. They're all in with everything that they do in their life. They are choosing everything that benefits them and nothing that hurts them. So where do you start? God, I wish that it was that easy. You know, this was a series as I look back about just tons of different nudges that I've had in my life, you know, that said, hey, maybe you should do something. Hey, maybe you should do something. And finally, the 87th nudge was like, okay, I guess I'll do something about this. So let this be the one nudge, okay, today that you can actually take action on is you need to change your appearance. You need to change your form of communication because there's a whole bunch of people out there that want to buy from you. There's a whole bunch of people out there that want to promote you in your job right now if only you looked the part. Now, I didn't wear ties for so long. TV appearances this year, I started on this and I got squirreled a little bit. My TV appearances, for me, I'm an author, I'm an IT guy, that typical image, you know what, I need to portray myself as a professional, so what I would do is I would go on in a suit, you know, and the the Robert Graham shirts I was talking about that I wear almost every single day are not good on camera. Again, it's a different audience at this point. I needed an image that would resonate with audiences. I needed an image that would not look like I've got these weird digital lines on my chest because my, my shirt pattern was thrown off the camera. I needed to look clean, crisp, because all of that says that I know what I'm talking about. Not just the words that are coming out of my mouth, the image all over that I'm, that I'm trying to communicate with is every single part of me. Just like music is not just about hearing. Communicating with people in general is never just about talking to them. Take a look at your audience. How do they dress? You know, I've even had people tell me, you know what, well, when you go, there's a couple of landscaping clients I think that we have, and they are always wearing jeans and flannels. You know, that, that's just how they roll, right? Because they're always in the mud doing what they do. Even the owners, that's just how it is. You know, because they, they built the business. They were the ones that were in the mud <laughs> doing it themselves. And I've heard people say, oh, well, when I go see those types of clients, I dress down because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Like, are you kidding me? Give them something to aspire to. It doesn't matter. Why would you want to downgrade? That, that works for their business. That's the audience that they're trying to reach. A homeowner, whatever it is, you know, because that's how the homeowner dresses. And the homeowner, a home, your home is typically a comfortable, relaxed environment. It fits. But if I'm walking in the door trying to sell them a $100,000 contract, I'm not going to be wearing jeans and a flannel. I'm going to be wearing my suit, my tie. And I found too that, you know, now that I lost weight, I can wear slim suits. It's awesome. I'm back to loving suits and I'm loving ties too. It's amazing. We start to get these things and I had it in my head, you know, oh, well, I just don't look good in a suit. Well, you know what? That was right. <laughs> you know, because it looked like, oh, geez, there was a movie. What, what, what was the movie? It was uh, with Mel Gibson and uh, Braveheart. No, it wasn't Braveheart. It was uh, The Patriot. That was it. Or maybe it was Braveheart. I don't know. But the, the, English, the English general, right, had his jacket blown up, caught on fire and everything, and they brought him 
this makeshift one until his new wardrobe arrived from England. And he said, okay, whatever, give me the horse blankets. <laughs> that's how I felt. I felt like a suit on me was a horse blanket. You know, but that's because I was a size 52. You know, now I'm a size 41, slim. It's a li- in my chest. It's a, li- it's a huge difference. It isn't a horse blanket now. Before, it was a little, I probably could have thrown that on the back of a horse and it would have been my saddle because it would have wrapped around, would have fit it just fine. Not a big deal. You know, just hop on and ride off. It was a horse blanket. No, I did not look good in a suit. My brain was right. So if you think you don't look good in a suit because you have too many pounds on you, you're probably right. So how do you change that? Suits are great looking. I had my photographer from a while back say, saying, hey, what are you going to wear for the shoot today? I'm like, you know, well, this was for my book cover, right? He's like, well, well I'm going to wear a suit, you know, my, and a purple tie because purple's kind of my brand color. She's like, oh, that's cool. She's like, so you're not thinking anything else? I'm like, no, why would I? She's like, there's nothing that beats a man in a suit. <laughs> like, that's how it rolls, you know? So now they look good. So if you're thinking you don't look good in a suit, you can totally change that, you know, and Usually, guys, here's another tip for you. Usually off the rack is not something that's going to work out well for you. I don't care if you're, if you're large, if you're small, if you're tall, if, you, if you're a little bit shorter. It, it doesn't matter. Off the rack is not something that's going to work out well for you. Because when you go in and you buy a suit off the rack and the sleeves are coming down to your fingers or your pants are just bunching up at the bottom of your shoes, you don't look put together. Nobody is going to take you seriously if you don't take what you're wearing seriously, if you don't present the right image to communicate to them how they want to be talked to. And that's not just talking. It's everything, your clothes, your hair, all of it. When I go to hire people, you know, nowadays I see the individuals that come through my company door that are trying to get a job there, you know, that might be extremely qualified, you know, so I have people that do the majority of the hiring for me. They will weed out all of the applicants and find the best possible candidates that can do the job well. You know, that way, when they come to me, I, the only thumbs up, thumbs down that I give is culture and people fit. That's it. So when I see them, this is one of the things that I look at. Does this person look put together? You know, it's almost like the irony of somebody who's trying to get into finance, but they have a 500 credit score. You know, if you can't run your life right, how are you going to run the finances of a multi-million dollar business? You just can't. You know, so are are you going to do the job well because it doesn't look like you're putting yourself together well in the morning? If you don't get out of bed the right way, how are you going to come to work and do things the right way here? It just doesn't make sense in my mind. So guys, when you go on job interviews, wear suits. Girls, when you go on job interviews, wear a dress. You know, something that is not low cut, something that is not you know, riding up to the middle of your thigh, be professional. Your image is going to affect your communication, even in a job interview. That is the first thing people see before any words come out of your mouth. They visually see you first. And most people will make a snap judgment in that moment. Now, everyone says, oh, well, don't don't read a book by its cover, you know, or don't, don't take a book by its cover, what, whatever. And, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, well, they just have to get to know you, you know, because once they see the real you, you'll be okay. You know, writing a book and being an author myself, I'm going to give you this analogy. The cover is one of the most important things. If you're walking by shelves in a, a bookstore or if you're flipping through Amazon Kindle, the first image you have of that book that draws you in to even look at the table of contents is the cover, 
you have to make sure that the cover is spot on. Your image needs to be spot on before anybody will even give you the time of day. So job interviews, super important. Make sure that you present yourself. And here's another kick too, LinkedIn images right? Your, your profile images. So many people go to social nowadays in order to see what this person looks like in their normal day to day. And is this somebody that I want to hire? You know what? Make sure those look great. Those look professional. They can be cool. They can be, you know, whatever, but LinkedIn, make sure it's a headshot. I'm going to give you some tips here on your LinkedIn profile because we get a lot of applicants from LinkedIn too. If I see a guy that is literally holding his cell phone, I don't have mine on person, right? Literally holding his cell phone in a mirror, and that's the selfie that they're taking for LinkedIn, I am just swiping left. I am moving on because that person didn't take the time to at least present themselves even for a single picture. How are they gonna present themselves well to my clients every single day? So solid color background, make sure you're, you're in a, a tie guys, girls, make sure that you're wearing a dress or something like a collar that looks professional and your head should take up at least two thirds of that image. I don't need to see your whole body. For something like this because you know what most people aren't anyways that's okay make sure it looks professional because i want to be able to the eyes are the window to the soul have you ever seen have you ever heard that before you know what so make sure you can see your eyes it's not a dark photo it actually shows who you are and that you care about what you look like to the point to where, to where you're going to care about the customers and the clients that you take care of every single day in my business or whatever job you're going after. You have to look like you're going to take care of them because you're taking, taking care of yourself. Now, I'm going to give you the one thing today that I want you to take away. There's so many things that I touched on today, a couple of squirrels, you know, it all relates to each other, but that's cool. So the one thing I want to give you today is that image will affect your communication. Music, just like music, is not just sound. Communication is not just talking. Take that, run with it, and you're gonna see more deals close, you're gonna see more job opportunities, more promotions, and your life is just gonna take off in a totally different direction. When you take care of yourself, you show others that you can take care of their clients, their prospects, their business, all of it. Have an awesome day. Be sure to tune in next Monday and share this episode with somebody you might no needs this. I know there's a lot of them out there, especially this one. Rock on, go all in. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message. I'm just kind of talking out my butt. I mean, if it's... Uh... <laughs>